This is Bill McLive, iHeartRadio's talk for the Space Coast. With today's Common Sense on Common Radio. Here's Bill Mick. Hour three of our Monday morning on this 18th of October 2021 is being brought to you by O'Galley Electric. Nice to have you with us on 92.7 FM WMMB, our traditional on Mondays whenever it's available, and that's most of our Mondays. Dave Bowman joins us. He's the host of uh, Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show. Links to that at BillMick.com in today's show page, which is headlined Moms for Liberty, Adversity is Opportunity. And it seems, Dave, that uh, to me way too much of what we talk about is coronavirus-related. And we've been there multiple times this morning and throughout most of the last hour. And a lot of what you face in, in daily life in Washington State is dictated by your favorite governor, Zero Inslee, and your state's reaction to the virus. And you've got new stuff coming up. You've got, coming November, you're going to have um, more mandates about public places, events that involve a 1,000 or more people, and outdoor, that's indoors, because 800 is not dangerous indoors, and outdoor events involving more than 10,000. So you have released the crack in your new NHL team, yet you're going to have to be vaccinated or recently tested in order to go in and participate in said events. That's got to be frustrating, Dave. Good morning, by the way. Yeah, good morning. Um, Number one, you you also have to be extraordinarily wealthy to go to a Kraken game. Those tickets are outrageous. Really? Yeah. Plus, it's, you know, the inaugural season. But number two, I I was listening last hour. I wasn't expecting to have my my Star Trekism attacked by as as some sort of religious nutism. Like I'm some sort of religious nut about Star Trek. <laughs> uh, that that wasn't exactly the imp- implication. It right. was respect and admiration for the depth of study, as if it were the scriptures that you were digging into. <laughs> kind of like an article somebody wrote for the Modesto B wasn't really what the headline said, huh? Yeah, kind of like that. Something that way, anyway. But yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's we'll, crazy. We'll have some Trek fun before the hour's done, anyway. It, it's it's getting weird up here. Speaking of of coronavirus, uh, I guess the news is just breaking across the AP that Colin Powell passed away this morning after complications from COVID nineteen. So, our really? condol- our condolences to the to the family of General Powell. Um, yeah, I, so much of this stuff just doesn't make sense. It's been my mantra since day one. If this virus is everything we've been told it is, we're doing everything wrong. So why 10,000? Why not 10,018? Why not 712? It, it's, it, it, or four. Or four. I mean, yeah. something doesn't make sense here. And I'm I'm utterly convinced that somebody's getting rich and it's not me. So there there's got to be some the the recall failure of of governor Newsom down in California in some ways has emboldened these west coast governors again and even though the news is full of stories about how coronavirus is fading i mean it's going away it's it's dropping off precipitously i mean it's nose diving but now we're we're putting in even more restrictions, but we're putting them in a month from now, which makes no sense at all, other than... If it's as urgent as they claim, why would there be a delay? Exactly. If it's if it's that bad, why are we waiting? If it's really about public safety, 
why are we doing it this way? This is not how you would do it if it's really about public safety. Somebody mentioned last hour about replacing older workers with younger workers. There's a lot of that feeling up here as well because there's there's a lot of problems up here. Our entire ferry system up here, and if people aren't familiar with the Puget Sound area, Western Washington, we're heavily dependent on the ferry system. There are places in Washington state you can't go without getting on a boat to get to them. And our ferry system is paralyzed right now because, quote unquote, staffing issues. Well, what exactly are those staffing issues? And it turns out that in many cases, it's the vaccine. People are walking off the job. And I mean, Bremerton to Seattle is the heaviest ferry route in in Washington state because of the Puget Sound Naval Shipyard and Seattle, people working in Seattle. They're down to one ferry running that route takes an hour each way. So you're down to, okay, do I pay them $30 to ride the ferry one way or do I drive, you know, basically three hours around because of traffic. And this is the same state that's, you know, up up your wazoo about, about global climate change. And yet we're forcing more people onto the roads because we're making people get this vaccine, which is shutting down our transportation systems. So, it, it, you know, it, if this wasn't... Is anybody in leadership considering the impact of what they're doing? Or are no. they just sitting back enjoying what their power is doing that is being ceded to that, that, and saying, look, I did this? No, there's nothing. I mean, Inslee, of course, Zero comes out every now and then. The I saw another name from this morning, the Everlasting Job Stopper. Uh, Zero Ensley is out there, you know, he'll make a press conference every week or whatever, but I'm not seeing any pushback. Now you could make the argument, well, the legislature is dominated by Democrats. Yeah, but a lot of those Democrats are from Eastern Washington, which is not as liberal as, as Western Washington is. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. one of the complaints they have is they can't get gun control passed because Eastern Washington Democrats keep blocking it. Well, no kidding. They're, their constituency would never support that. So I'm not sure. There's very little pushback, very little. There's starting to be some, particularly- What about your Boeing employees out there, Dave? Boeing uh, has announced the mandate. They're going to go with that. There were some protests. Are you seeing anything like we're seeing with L3 Harris and and Northrop Grumman and others here? That We are seeing those protests very regularly over the last couple of weeks now. What we're seeing more here is not- there are protests. There are people going out and protesting, but this is not very long. It's not very involved. What we're seeing a lot of is subtle stuff, like the DOT employees, the Washington Department of Transport employees that are being forced out because of the vaccine. They're hanging their gear on the fence wherever their their station is. So you'll drive by one of these stations on the one day, and there's three three vests hanging there. Um, I was listening to one of our local news reporters this morning. He was talking about Today, there's like 22 hanging, where yesterday there was three. Does that mean those are people who are are not going to work? Who are not going to work, who have quit because of the vaccine or been fired because of the vaccine mandate. And everybody's everybody's losing their snot over the, uh, the Washington State Trooper guy in his video. But really, there's so much more than that. And a lot of this yeah. ferry problem. I want to talk about that trooper for a minute, and we'll do that when we come back in just 60 seconds on Bill McLaughlin. 
just about six minutes away from your next opportunity to win $1,000. 16 chances a day on WMMB in our nationwide Grand in Your Hand contest. Good luck. Want to hand you the big check. Dave Bowman with us from Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show. And, uh, Dave, this trooper, I've got a Paul Saka story in front of me from the blaze talking about Jay Inslee and all of the things going on there. A veteran state trooper, 22 years on the job, forced out, as you were just talking about with other departments there in the state, because of the vaccine mandate. Um, and the viral video is what got him all the attention. And as he signed off for the last time, he dropped a bomb on Jay Inslee. He said, this is my final sign-off after 22 years serving the citizens of the state of Washington. I've been asked to leave because I'm dirty. He's a member of the unclean. He's unvaccinated. He talked about numerous fatalities, injuries, working sick, playing sick, buried a lot of friends over the years, and he thanked his coworkers for keeping him safe, getting him home to his family every night. But as he signed off for the last time, he said, and Jay Inslee can kiss my hiney, only he used other language. So the trooper's getting some attention, but you're saying it's far more widespread than that. Oh, yeah, he's just the, he's just the obvious tip of the iceberg. The there's there are people who are subtly protesting, far more subtly protesting with the like I said, with hanging the the vests and stuff on stuff on fences. There are potential shutdowns here. I mean, again, the the state ferry system is all but paralyzed as the DOT loses people. I don't know how to explain it around here, but because of the geography, our traffic system is really really weird. 35 years ago when I lived here, Bill, I could drive from where I live now to downtown Seattle to the Mariners game. I could drive in just about an hour. Now, because of traffic and the way our systems are built and maintained, you can't get to Tacoma in an hour. That's only halfway. So it's it's a mess and it's going to get worse if all these DOT people are leaving because now this constant construction and stuff is going to expand, is going to delay. And it's a mess. And I don't Quick know. Note for you, my friend Corinne, who lives out there near you, 147 school bus routes in Seattle canceled yes. today yes. because a, a driver's not vaccinated. Right, and that's that's not. And if you read the Seattle Times or whoever, they're not saying that. They're just saying it's a staffing shortage. They're not. They're not really discussing why at all. And you have to dig down to find out, you know, anything about why the why they have these staffing shortages, and it all comes back to this vaccine. All these bus routes are shut down. So now you put more parents on the road, more people on the road, which is more CO2 gas into the atmosphere that Inslee supposedly hey, hates. As we started out, from the beginning, this has been a government bungle of doing things wrong, if this is as serious as we said, and a complicit media. i got about 30 seconds for you. Yeah, I would. I, there's no way that this is not intentional. I, I believe that from the word go. And because of the whole concept of emergency powers going all the way back to the beginning of this, this is all about power. That's all it is. It's certainly not about a virus. Yeah, I believe that. Dave Bowman with us throughout the hour. 321-768-1240 lets you in. And our Stormwatch page at BillMick.com. Keyword storm taking you there. Brought to you all hurricane season long by Paul Davis Restoration. Listen up. Win some money. We'll be back in a minute. The time is 826. From his days as a cop to his days as an umpire, he always calls them like he sees them. It's not about to change now. 
This is Bill Mick Live. O'Galley Electric making the hour possible. Nice to have you with us on a Monday morning is Dave Bowman from Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast, joins us. Links to Dave's stuff at BillMick.com today on the show page there. Dave, it's time to shift gears just a little bit, and you and I both love our sports and enjoy what goes on in and around them. And sports often a metaphor for life, and, and lessons learned there can be carried throughout your days, and I'm, I'm, and I'm a firm believer in that. And it's interesting, in a story we've got linked up there at BillMick.com from the Daily Caller, um, reporting on a campus, form, uh, campus reform report where they interviewed students at the University of Florida. It looks like they were at a football game doing their interview and asking about support for diversity quotas as, as applied to the school's uh, admissions and, and other programs and employment and the like. Um, they went to Gators game day interviewing these students and asking those kids if they'd support diversity quotas in the workplace and the college admissions process. And at the very beginning, all of the students in the environment that they've been raised in said, yeah, they liked the idea of using diversity to make hiring and admission decisions. The cool part is they then transitioned it to sports and said, well, if we applied that same criteria to sports, your team would be a lot different. And all of a sudden, the kids had a different attitude. How do you like them apples? Well, all right. So these kind of videos are always, they're, they're amusing, they're entertaining, and they're, to a degree, enlightening. I'm always a little suspicious of them because I don't know what, what, I don't know what I'm not seeing. So that's, that's my first caution there. But, but really, who's surprised that people are for diversity until it affects what they care about? You know, I mean, uh-huh. that's, that's the way it always works, isn't it? I mean, the, yeah, this is the way it should be, but it's other people that should be doing it that way. Not, not me, not us. We, because we need to, to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And that's, I'm not surprised. I mean, you, you know this about me. I grew up in Utah in the late seventies. So there was a, a, a similar idea you know, at Brigham Young University in that era, which ended up with, you know, eventually Brigham Young finally managing to put together a team that could actually win. Um, for the record, I, I'm not a Brigham Young fan at all. I, I went to Utah for a day. So, uh, but at, at the same time, you know, there's this mindset that diversity is great for the other people. But when, you know, as long as it's it's hypothetical, it's great. When it starts to affect the real world, then people aren't all that for it. The problem is you're using the power oh, yeah, of government. They don't mind it in other places of right. the real world. Even in their own academic setting, they're saying, yeah, we should use it to, to do what we do on campus. Um, but they said in sports they need to let talent, skill, and ability be those determining factors. Right. I mean, uh, obviously, one of them said, with sports, it's talent first over anything. Hmm. And applying diversity to a sports team doesn't make much sense. It should be based on skill. Well, how much more should that be the case in life in general, right? Well, of course not, Bill. I mean, if we did it in life in general, at everybody else's school, we'll be fine. If it's at our school, then it's a problem. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, you're, you're using the force, the power of government to, to accomplish your desires on other people. And that's, how is that any different from coronavirus restrictions? You're using the force of government to make other people behave the way you want them to behave. But oh yeah, but true. don't do it when it affects me. 
This is why you have pictures of Zero Inslee not wearing a mask. It's why Joe Biden's, you know, walking through a restaurant not wearing a mask. It's why it's why they don't really care about it for your team or, or for their team, but for your team, they want you to have it. Yeah. Well, they said in the story that according to the reporter that the Florida Gators football team, their starting offense, would lose most of its current starters and only one black player would remain if they used the, the diversity requirements to, to build that team. And then they said these, these folks they were interviewing started to turn it around a little bit. One saying, we'd probably be losing because we recruit based on skill, and if we recruited based on diversity, we'd probably be worse. Well, there's a heck of a realization for you, Skippy. Glad you're coming along to the party. Yeah. Isn't Florida pretty bad this year anyway? I mean, <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, man, they're crawling for Dan Mullen's head, which yeah. I'm not sure is a bad idea. I'm not sure it's a good one either, but that's just how it goes. we got phone calls to get to, Dave. We're going to do it after I remind everybody that O'Galley Electric is this hour's sponsor. We're in month five of hurricane season. And, uh, well, a month and a half to go, and then it's behind us. And while we're not facing any storms or threats thereof, that's the time when you get ready for one. And a Generac standby generator can make the difference for your home, for your family, should you be impacted by a storm. When we get a hurricane, we're going to lose power. Hours, days, we've seen it be weeks. A Generac home standby generator would have your home operating pretty much on normal. Have your family safety and comfort in mind. Reach out to O'Galley Electric, 321-425-3343, or online at eggenerators.com. Get a free estimate and no waiting for your Generac home standby generator from this hour's sponsor, O'Galley Electric. Dave, we're going to get a call or two in while we have the opportunity. Dave Bowman with us. Line two, you're next on Bill Mick Live. Good morning. Hey, good morning. It's Randy. Hey, Randy. Uh, so don't. Don't discount these videos. They show one thing that's very important, and that's that everybody in the world has not been taught that lesson. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with the students that uh, are for socialism until they realize that the, the kid with the D gets a C because you get an A. You get a B instead of an A because you did the work for him. It, these are the small, teeny lessons that need to be taught to our children by our parents and by our school. I like where you're coming from, Dave. Thoughts there? It's not that I discount the videos. It's that I don't know what I'm not seeing. So, sure, you show me five students that, that, that don't get it. And I get that they don't get it. How many did you interview that you didn't show me that did get it? That's, that's where I have a problem with these videos. Yeah, I, I get the selective editing, but, and it happens on both sides, and let's don't pretend that it doesn't. Line three, you're on Bill McLive. Good morning. Yes, sir. Good morning. So this is a topic of discussion, right, that's been going on for a while. I think that um, academia has falsely uh, conflated, if you will, the, um, the the aspect between what is a qualifier of success and what is a byproduct of it. Can diversity be a byproduct of it? Certainly. But until you actually um, take that as an individual, you, you got to split that you split, split that that hair, if you will, um, see the forest from the trees and determine, um, you know, that which qualifies, makes a a qualified individual uh, on that individual basis. Doing it in a vacuum doesn't give you anything but just diversity for the sake of diversity. And I think that's where a lot of, you know, in order to feel good about themselves for a whole host of bizarre uh, emotional uh, uh, reasons um, tethered to, to, um, pseudo-altruism, if you will, as I, as I like to call it, is this idea that, oh, diversity in and of itself is, is the answer to everything. 
Well, it is unless you've got a goal and something you need to accomplish. Dave, give me your thoughts there. Well, it's it's the age-old argument. Is it is it equality of opportunity or equality of outcome? And most most of, of education and these kind of things, they focus on outcome as opposed to opportunity. You know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that I'm not as good a football player as some other people are. Well, if you if you if you're basing it on outcome, that doesn't matter. But if you base it on opportunity, then it does matter. And that's I, I don't know how you get that back. There's the current the current environment in education, we're never going to because they're going to keep it's the same with government. So I don't I don't I don't really know what the solution is other than maybe do away with the concept of of race entirely and just have one human race. But people aren't going to do that. So. Well, and, and if this whole diversity thing works the way it's supposed to, I'm an NBA center. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And why am I not the starting catcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers? I mean, I should be. Just because I don't have a right knee doesn't mean anything. Yeah, exactly. Why, why would that be a factor at all? Uh, we may get it. We've got more calls to get to, and we take those when we continue. And maybe a little Trek talk if we have time. Dave Bowman with us from Silverdale, Washington, bright and early this morning. And uh, you miss anything we do all day long, you can always pick it up in the podcast section at BillMick.com and on the Bill Mick Live iHeartRadio channel. By the way, it's 835. You protesters, you've got to get into work, so make sure you're not lingering, okay? Closing up a Monday morning on Bill Mick Live. From Silverdale, Washington, is Dave Bowman, host of Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast. O'Galley Electric, making our hour possible. 321-768-1240, let you engage in the conversation. Dave, uh, before we move on to maybe some Trek or other things, let's get back to the phones on the stuff we've been kicking around. Eric, driving around Brevard County this morning. Eric, tell us what's on your mind here today, sir. Hey, Bill, Dave, morning. Morning. Um, well, quickly, FYI, uh, Palm Bay made uh, Newsmax this morning. I don't know if any of you got that. Uh, the uh, protest? Yeah, yeah. Yep, they had a reporter out there with the protesters in front of Harris. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, this conversation about uh, basically uh, meritocracy versus diversity, um, I, I, I really think that this all really started uh, – in, in large part because of affirmative action, and I believe that affirmative action may have had some good use back when it was first implemented, but I think it's, I think that pendulum swung back, and I think it's uh, hurting things more than helping things, even if somebody's being honest uh, from the other side of the argument. Um, I, you know, I just think that we need to talk about that more, but I, I realize that it's probably politically... Uh, Unadvantageous to bring that up right now. So many people are worried about, you know, critical race theory and all these other aspects. You know that it doesn't, it doesn't break through the, the occupied bandwidth. You know what I wonder, Eric, and thanks for the call. It's good to have you along. Is what do those grandparents now of those kids who are in colleges where they're begging for, um, for being sequestered from other races where they have the black-only dormitory floors and the things like that when their parents fought so hard for integration that segregation was a problem, and now they're fighting to resegregate. Dave, it's, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense in some way. It, it really doesn't. I, I, I really couldn't hear the caller there. I'm sorry. I, it was breaking up on me. But um, you're right. There's always those unintended consequences of things. And people don't, well, this is a good idea. We should do this. Well, that's politicians' logic 101. We should do something. This is something. Therefore, we must do this without ever considering the history of how you got to where you are. Well, I'm not sure that those kids today know the history of how they got to where they are. And because they don't know that history, they're willing to pursue what they think is a good idea without considering all of its implications. So why are we surprised by that, I guess? I find it hard to believe that those kids haven't been told by parents and grandparents the struggles that their families had had and what life was like compared to what it is today. It, it's like they don't want to recognize the win, even if they've been told about but, it. But, Bill, you're... you're you're conflating something here. You're you're assuming that these kids today, I mean, a college student today, 21 year old, was born in 2000. So yeah, don't 2000, 2000 was at least 30 years after the height of the civil rights movement. You're you're looking at the college student of today is at least nominally three generations removed from that. What Almost, do you re- what yeah. do you, what do you remember about your family history three generations ago? You yeah, know you know where, you, you know where mine was. You know where mine was. Mine was in the Civil War. So mm-hmm. you know it's it's not all that it's not all that surprising to me that they haven't heard it because the likelihood of their parents knowing it is is pretty low as well. That's hard to think of, isn't it? It is. It you know it's, the, it's one of the hardest things I think about is the fact that when I was a kid. The World War II veteran was there, you know. The World War II veteran of my youth is the Vietnam veteran of today. That's how long ago it was. And we just don't think in those terms. Yeah, that's true. We, we, and, and especially if, if there are significant portions thereof in things you and I have been taught. What mm-hmm. are these kids not being taught then becomes the question. Right. And that's, that's part of the problem. I mean, I run into this every day in history. There's <laughs> what what is not being taught versus what is being taught or what is being taught incorrectly. Uh, I was involved with a, a long discussion podcast this week about the 1619 Project and the, the errors there. If you're being taught history is one thing, but if you're being taught wrong history, why would you think any differently? That's, that's part of the problem that we face. Well, how do you correct that? Again, why organizations like Mom for, Moms for Liberty are stepping up and getting engaged in the educational process in this country that needs to have a tweak. It needs to have, you talk about resetting the economy, let's reset education because we've gone far askew of where we should have been. Well, and you have the added element of, okay, we're teaching this wrong, but not only are we teaching it wrong, but we're making the correct history basically criminalized. If, if you believe that, you're a racist, you're a bigot, you're... you're Anti whatever, um, and we label Attach that a stigma right, to it. Sure. right, and and you know, <clears throat> I hate to say it, but it's 1984. I mean, it really is. We're 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 rewriting yeah. history to control it. Well, let's go on to more pleasant things. At least we're kind of hoping so. When we continue in just 30 seconds here, we will return with the evangelist of the enterprise, Dave Bowman. When we come back in 30 seconds. The DaveBowmanShow.com is where you'll find Plausibly Live, the Dave Bowman Show podcast. And uh, Dave and I both big fans of Star Trek since we were kids. And 
Dave, I, I say all of that because I appreciate your nearly encyclopedic knowledge of this favorite of ours, and you were able to cite episode names, actors or characters that, while I remember the episode in general and my fondness or lack thereof for it, and we talked about that on one of the podcasts yesterday, um, it, I'm impressed by the way you, you have uh, that ability and recall of those specifics that I just didn't latch on to. I, I loved it for what it was. I'm entertained by what it does. I like the messages that are therein. Uh, yet we've got some spatting actors overall over William Shatner's trip to space. Yeah, that's the problem with all that stuff, isn't it? It impresses you, but it doesn't impress my wife at all. She just she just doesn't care. It uh, look, I love the show. I love the philosophy of it. I love how relevant it is to everything. But, but I really love the the just the nonsense that's going on here. <clears throat> Watching Bill Shatner go to space was was incredible to me. And the, I, I was not surprised. Sorry, I'm losing my voice here. <clears throat> I can hear that not, you are. Not get, su- you, get you a cup of coffee yeah. or something. Help yourself out not, there. Not surprised that, that George Takei reacted the way that he did. but They've been spatting for a long time, haven't they? Yeah, but as I, as I remind people all the time, George Takei is basically an activist who, who can find no good in anything. Speaking of people that, that demand equality of outcome the Star Trek days are long gone. He he doesn't even seem to grasp the irony of <clears throat> the equality of opportunity that he had on that show. And now he treats and especially it... especially at the time that it was it was put together. Right, right. Uh, not a lot of Asian roles unless you're doing World War II movies, right? No. And the, the idea that he wasn't able to get the same outcome that Bill Shatner and Leonard Nimoy and others had is, is what sticks in his craw because that's that's his mindset is that equality equals outcome, not opportunity. And and the fact that he wasn't able to take his opportunity and turn it into the career that Bill Shatner had, including going into space, just, you know, you can tell it just irritates him, but he's become so petulant about it that people, everybody, even people that like him are starting to go, dude, that was just, okay. You didn't like that. He Come went on, into space. George, yeah. right? You didn't like that. He got into space. Fine, but don't take a shot at a 90-year-old guy because he's out of shape. I mean, for God's sakes, he climbed that gantry. I couldn't do that. Yeah. There you go. I'm with you. Let's get a call or two in. Good morning. You're up next on Bill McLive. What are you thinking here? Hey, guys. This is Keith in Palm Bay. Hey, buddy. Um, I, I just sort of got a bad thought about where we're headed. Um, it's almost looking like uh, the stars are aligned to where businesses seem to be going to be the last protest uh, uh, area to try to make a change. And I, I also got a thought that, you know, we got to be very careful of this. And I don't like using Nazi and all these other terms to describe what's going on in a unique situation in America. But, you know, we got to be very careful if it is the last line of defense standing up at these uh, uh, employers and stuff, that it doesn't become a Bolshevik revolution. Uh, we got to be very careful of uh, uh, co-opting the unions in with this, toward this stuff. I believe that President Biden has been talking to the unions and stuff to try to validate his package to go through, and that's why there's a lot of strikes with John Deere and stuff. Um, I think we're in a particular top of the peak 
situation here, guys. What do you think? Thanks, Keith. Dave? Uh, it's a lot to unpack, isn't it? I'm, I'm not sure I completely yeah. followed, but is is the is the caller's I'm not, I'm not sure I followed exactly what he was saying. I guess that's what I'm trying to say here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna defer on that one. Well, basically, are are, are we getting ready to harm ourselves? And and is the president courting the unions over his big packages here when he's doing things that are contrary and hurting the working man? Are are, are people actually going to step up at some point? I mean, I I'm know. I'm looking at a new story right now that says that the unions. And and the president are breaking over the vaccine mandate that he's losing the unions over that. So I, I don't know. I mean, will is is it beyond the 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 thought that he could be doing that? Sure, he could be doing that, but I shouldn't he be concentrating more on Joe Manchin? He's he seems to be the holdup for his agenda. So. Yeah, and, and and then let's hope he keeps a spine that he's not known for really having. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're next on Bill McLive. What are you thinking here? Hey, boys, how are we doing today? We're good, Lou. So going back to the U.S. story about the different things and what we need to teach the kids and how they can learn, I think we have an opportunity if we can get more and more people to discuss the situations that are going on. If you take a look at just the semiconductor problem, there's a reason we don't make semiconductors here, and it's because of environmental concerns, because of the chemicals and stuff that it takes. And then all the ships that we got sitting out on the west coast of the United States, that they're just sitting there. And the mentality that we have that there's a hundred of them sitting out there, and one of them throws out an anchor, rips up an oil pipeline, and the first lawsuit goes towards the oil company. So we, we need to teach the people that, look, you, you want to solve these problems. You got Unfortunately, you would have to bring up Donald Trump's name, but... All my life, I've been hearing about outsourcing of jobs. All we do is outsource our jobs. Well, we outsource our jobs for a reason. There's a reason behind it, and it's because of people who want to put restrictions, federal mandates, and, you know, environmental nonsense and everything else that could be in play. Yeah, and I don't know if you know anything about some of the algae blooms problems that we've had over here. I know you're having some, Blue, but we don't have time to get into it today because we are about to close the show. Dave, we're under a minute here, and I want to give you some time to close with your thoughts this morning. The issues in the California Port of Los Angeles are, again, they're hiding. They're, they're not talking about the real issue. The real issue is California's AB5, which places so many restrictions on what can be done and what can't be done. The, the Port of Seattle and Tacoma are here, and they're not as busy as Los Angeles. So something is holding these people in Los Angeles, and I don't know what it is, but until we solve that, there's plenty of port space in this country. So I come back to this has to be on purpose. And we'll see how it plays out. Dave Bowman, it's always a pleasure, my friend. I look forward to talking to you. Catch the DaveBowmanShow.com and uh, catch up with all Dave's doing. Thank you to O'Galley Electric for this hour. We'll see you in the morning at 6 as we get our Tuesday rolling right here on WMMB.